Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Classic Gaming Brothers. I'm Seth. And I'm Zach. And we are the Classic Gaming Brothers. That's right. We are the Classic Gaming Brothers. That's right. Uh, that's, that's right. Right. Well, this is an exciting episode for those who enjoy the holidays. Ooh. Since it is only four days till Christmas. Christmas is just around the corner. Just around the corner. So happy holidays to all those listening to this when it comes out. And happy holidays to those who are listening to this when it's July. To get into it, Zach, what have you been recently been playing? Seth, recently I've been playing Warcraft 2 Tides of Darkness. That's a, a fun classical game. Yeah, very a classic gaming brother game. Yeah, it is a very classic gaming brother game. Warcraft 2 Tides of Darkness came out in 1995. It was uh, created by Blizzard, and it's uh, a very nostalgic game for me, which is why I've been playing it. I've just been feeling nostalgic. I want to play some Warcraft. I um, was trying to decide Aside between Warcraft 1 or Warcraft 2, I ended up choosing Warcraft 2 because I think it has a lot of quality of life improvements over the first game. While the first game is incredibly nostalgic for me, Warcraft 2 I think I've spent way more time with because our original copy of Warcraft 1 broke a long time ago. Like, I was still little when it was damaged. And while I grew up playing Warcraft 1, I think I mostly played Warcraft 2 in my youth. I uh, definitely feel like there's some things that you just can't do in Warcraft 1 that you can do in Warcraft 2 like like build boats or selecting all of the units with a drag of a mouse Oh, yes. There's so many small quality of life things that you just like. Things that you come to expect in a modern real-time strategy game that were introduced in Warcraft 2 that are not there in Warcraft 1. Right. Uh, like very simple things. Like like I'm pretty sure right-clicking to move a unit is something that was introduced in Warcraft 2 and it's not in Warcraft 1. Right. You can't. I think you have to uh, use like a hotkey maybe and you can use yeah. like a click or maybe. That's just me thinking off the top of my head it's been a while since i played either of the warcrafts it's actually been a while since i played warcraft 2 because i forgot you can't set rally points when you're creating mm. units and i was trying to create like a whole bunch of elves to go attack an orc encampment and i was like wow this is obnoxious that i have to like spawn them around the barracks and then move them when i want to i i've been enjoying what i've been playing i've actually been playing through the campaign and uh i am i just got past the first act of the campaign i've been playing the gog version the gog version which is available i believe now for six or seven dollars it might be a little more though i don't know if i can necessarily recommend buying it right now if you are familiar with some of the goings on at blizzard i mean it's good to support gog but blizzard certainly isn't a amazing company right now so just out of like just out of like my own personal morals i don't know if i can like justify saying you should give blizzard money in any form because of kind of the uh stuff that has been going on you use your own discretion whether or not you want to buy warcraft 2 a game that's been out for 30 years <laughs> 26 years almost 30 but uh so i've been playing warcraft 2 tides of darkness what have you been recently playing so i've been recently been playing a newer game than warcraft 2 and that game is mega aquarium which came out uh, september 13th of 2018 and developed by twice circled which i guess is a developer that was circled not once but twice it's a theme park management style game similar to theme hospital or theme park so i don't want to lead people on with saying it's very similar to like planet coaster except as a aquarium it's more like Parkitect, except as an aquarium. 
there's a lot of these tycoon games out and they're all trying to like spin on different themes. Uh, so Mega Aquarium's theme is aquariums. So you get to design the aquariums that you're going to be putting the fish in. You get to take care of the fish and you need to keep your staff and guests happy so that they will give you money and not complain. Ultimately, taking you're ultimately trying to build like good habitats for these fish and they tell and you unlock new fish and then you have to build habitats for those new fish and you kind of progress forward building more and more complex things as you unlock more and more as the game kind of teaches you how to play the game and it starts off with a pretty simple user interface that kind of gets developed as you play through the game further and further i'm not too particularly far into it but uh, I got far enough to know that I enjoy what I was playing. So it's uh, Mega Aquarium by Twice Circled. It's fun if you enjoy theme park style tycoon games. So if you like managing theme parks or zoos or Jurassic Parks or hospitals or apartments or museums, you may appreciate managing an aquarium. There actually is a theme aquarium game as part of the theme series, but it was only released in Japan. Uh, But it was ported to Windows, but only in Europe. (laughs) Fun. All right. uh, So in the last Sunday episode of our show, we talked about this episode being a special episode and having a special new concept, new series. I don't know. If you are new to the show, uh, we tend to have our own little theming, I guess, of our episodes. We tend to either talk about video games, video game consoles, arcade cabinets, which we haven't done in a little while. Oh, and miscellaneous topics like uh, video game conventions or things that just can't get bucketed under video games, video game consoles, or arcade cabinets. This episode, will we will be adding a fourth thing, fifth thing, if you count, I don't know, I'm going to call it like the garbage pile, like it's just like where everything else goes. A fifth type of series, as you were, within our classic gaming brother Mythos, and that's going to be the lore series. With, with this particular series of episodes is going to be, we're going to take a video game series and kind of go a deep dive on that video game's in-game lore. So for example, uh, we may do an episode where we do an in-game deep dive on the factions in Fallout or perhaps other aspects of Fallout or uh, Mass Effect, the different aliens of Mass Effect. This series is going to be our our series where we talk specifically about one game's in-game lore. And to start it off, we thought that we would stay true to our roots as Classic Gaming Brothers and talk about the lore of Sonic the Hedgehog. I'll take point here uh, for most of this episode because I think, as Seth will probably confirm, I I have a lot of love for Sonic and a lot of knowledge of Sonic that is mostly unnecessary. (laughs) Um, But before we actually get into Sonic lore, I do want to talk a bit about the difference between the Sonic lore of the comics and the Sonic lore of the video games. In this episode, we are going to focus on the Sonic lore of the video games and primarily just the games on the Genesis, because I realized as I was writing these notes, this 
might have to be like a multi-part we'll come back to this another time sort of episode because there's apparently there's there's a lot of sonic lore but in the archie comics the um archie comic series specifically was a series of sonic storylines and they actually ran from november 22nd 1992 until december 28th of 2016 uh the sonic archie comics were actually the longest running comic series based on another ip to continuously run uh without any major breaks they actually went through a lawsuit toward the end of their run um, and still publish comics during the lawsuit. So um, Archie really did churn out a lot of content when it came to a lot of lore regarding Sonic. And a lot of the stuff that Archie came up with is solely Archie's. So the stuff we're going to talk about today is a bit more accepted as the kind of canon of the story of the games. If you are interested in an Archie Sonic comic lore episode, let me know or let Seth know. I will record it for you personally and just send it to you as a raw mp3 file because there's so much to talk about. Like the fact that it was like issue 280 or 270 or something where they they reset the entire universe and deleted the entire canon going back to issue one of the comics because of the lawsuit that they faced and also like guidelines from Sega being released. It was a mess. So the Archie comics are their own mess of worms. We're not going to talk about those in this episode. The lore that we're talking about is is pretty much directly from the games. What's been given to us via uh, manuals, via, um, you know, text on the box, um, any anything that really was able to give lore is how people got the story that we're going to tell to you today. Right. A lot of the earlier lore of Sonic, the video game, stems from an internal document that was created by Sega of America in 1991. This document was called the Sonic Bible. Now, while the Sonic Bible is not necessarily canon to the Sonic story overall, it does provide a way of going through some of the early games and the background to these games. There are a few drafts floating around of the Sonic Bible, but we will mostly be referencing information that has been detailed in the later drafts. The Sonic Bible was also partially adapted into a promotional comic because in the early 90s, late 80s, pretty much anything that was released that was good had a promotional comic that went with it. And there was a Sonic promotional comic that was released in 1991. It was also adapted into the first few issues of Sonic the Comic, which was the British comic series done through Fleetway, which shouldn't be confused with any of the other Sonic comics that are out there done by Archie or IDW. So this is a third issue imprint of Sonic, which is done by Fleetway. It ran from 1993 to 2002, and they released 223 issues, 184 original issues, with 39 reprints of earlier issues at a later date. And this is the Fleetway Sonic the Comic, which ran concurrently at some point in time with the Archie Sonic the Hedgehog comics. It should not be confused with Sonic the Comic, though being that it was a British comic series, we probably didn't see a lot 
out of Sonic the Comic by Fleetway here on the U.S. side. I don't think I ever have seen a physical Sonic the Comic in the States. Not saying it's like a rare thing. I just don't think, because it's something that we just didn't have over here, I don't think it's something that is of interest for comic book stores to carry, except maybe like specialty stores. But uh, I do know some American uh, Sonic fans on YouTube are familiar with the series through Fleetway, largely because they were like in England and picked up issues sort of right. deal. And Sonic's pretty big in England too. Uh, the well, Sega was big in England for sure, but maybe someday I'll pick up some Sonic the comics. So anyway, the Sonic Bible made by Sega was incorporated in some of the series of Sonic the comic. Now, the Sonic games take place on a planet not too dissimilar from our Earth. In some stories, this planet is called Mobius. In other stories, it doesn't really have a name or sometimes it's just referred to as Earth. Uh, we'll call it Mobius um, as that's what the Sonic Bible refers to it as. And that's kind of the cemented Sega of America name for Sonic's planet. This planet is home to both human beings and anthropomorphic animals like Sonic. Uh, it also has non-anthropomorphic animals, which always confused me and still confuses me to this day because like the animal friends that Sonic has will be like Tails who can talk and build airplanes or like Flicky who is a bird who chirps, doesn't say words. Now we're not going to focus on the fact that there are some <laughs> animals that can talk and some animals that can't. Uh, what we will focus on the fact is that um, one of those animals that could talk uh, at some point met up with a gentle doctor by the name of Ovi Kintobar. Now, Ovi Kintobar was a kindly doctor who uh, liked to experiment on all various manners of uh, technology, and he actually discovered mysterious gemstones known as Chaos Emeralds. Now, the Chaos Emeralds are shrouded in mystery in the Sonic lore. Uh, some stories state they were created by an ancient race of beings, others state that they fell from the sky. What we do know is that there are seven of them, and that they predate recorded history. Thousands of years before Kintobar discovered them, the Chaos Emeralds resided at the Altar of Emeralds in the mystic ruins of Mobius, which at the time weren't ruins, but now they're ruins because they're ancient. Here, the Emeralds were guarded by a race of Echidnas who worshipped a water deity named Chaos. Chaos protected a gentle race of blue creatures called Chow. During a conflict between two of the Echidna clans, many of the Chow were killed, and this prompted the god Chaos to arise and destroy the Echidna civilization in a fit of rage. The chief of the civilization's daughter, Tikal, was able to seal Chaos into the Master Emerald, which is this like giant green emerald that has a lot of power, and um, this emerald also is connected to the seven emeralds. After this, the seven emeralds all vanished and went missing. Now, both the Mystic Ruins and the Master Emerald, and of course the Seven Chaos Emeralds, all appear in Sonic the Hedgehog games. Uh, the Mystic Ruins appears as a level, and the em Chaos Emeralds appear as objects. Now jump ahead thousands of years where Kintobar is existing, and Kintobar had planned to rid the world of all evil and was doing research into the energy of the Chaos Emeralds. Kintobar learned that he could siphon the evil of the world into a device he called the Retro Orbital Chaos Compressor, or rock for short and store the evil in six of the emeralds that he had already collected. Upon doing more research, Kintobar learned that there were seven Chaos Emeralds and believed that obtaining all seven would allow him to complete his goal of destroying evil. During this time, he crossed paths with a young brown hedgehog named Sonic. Sonic, much to Kintobar's interest, 
possessed a tremendous amount of natural speed. Kintobar was curious as how quick Sonic could actually go, and built him a pair of frictionless sneakers and put him on an experimental supersonic treadmill. Sonic exceeded the sound barrier and destroyed the treadmill. The explosion of the supersonic treadmill fused Sonic's spines together and turned them into a distinct shade of blue. After the experiment concluded, Kintobar opted to take a short lunch and eat a hard-boiled egg and soda. He became distracted while eating, and the rock exploded. The blast of energy from the explosion fused the contained evil into Kintobar and turned him into the evil Dr. Ivo Robotnik. From here, it can be assumed that the story uh, transitions over the course of maybe a, a few weeks to maybe a few years into what would become the first game of the series, Sonic the Hedgehog. Now, by the first game, Robotnik has begun to industrialize much of the world. The first game actually takes place on South Island, a peaceful tropical island full of natural resources and ancient ruins. Robotnik has constructed a massive factory located in the scrap brain zone of South Island, and he continues to churn out robot after robot. Each robot is powered by a small woodland creature. Sonic begins to collect the Chaos Emeralds during this time uh, by traveling into special stages, which are kind of um, separate universes from this one. They're kind of like sub-universes, you could call them and eventually he does track down Robotnik and defeat him. After Robotnik's defeat, Sonic decides it's time to travel somewhere else to find a new adventure. He decides to visit West Side Island on his own personal biplane, the Tornado. Upon arrival, he meets a young orange fox by the name of Miles Prower. Miles tells Sonic that he's known to most people as Tails, mostly as an insult due to the fact that he has two tails, and the people who bully him are not creative. Tails can use actually his tails as propellers and fly around, which is kind of neat and Sonic thinks it's kind of charming and lets Tails just pal around with him. They begin to hang out and they explore the island together. Sonic learns that Tails is actually incredibly adept at machinery and Tails takes an interest in the tornado. One day while Tails is inspecting it, Sonic is taking a nap as he is known to do, and a large explosion occurs off in the distance. Tails spots robots that have begun excavating the island. Sonic and Tails soon learn that Robotnik is back, and he is after the Chaos Emeralds because he has discovered that the missing 7th Emerald is located on the island. Now, the reason Robotnik is looking for the Emeralds is because even though Sonic collected the Emeralds back on South Island, after he collected them, he actually kind of like released them from his collection and they all vanished. So it's assumed that he sent them back somehow into their special stages um, in order to hide them. And now they are somehow located on West Side. For everyone who's following along, West Side is Sonic 2. Now, Sonic and Tails soon collect the seven emeralds, which are hiding within special dimensions called special stages. They then travel to various parts of the islands, encountering the Mad Doctor at each location. Eventually, they make their way to Robotnik's Wing Fortress, a massive flying battleship. While attempting to get on the ship, however, Tails and the Tornado are shot down, and Sonic must face the fortress alone. He 
confronts Robotnik, who immediately escapes in a rocket ship. And before he can get too far, though, Tails arrives with a fixed tornado, and they catch up to Robotnik's egg jet. And from there, Sonic leaps off the tornado, grabs hold of the rocket ship, and which goes to Death Egg. Death Egg is a massive battle station that looks like Dr. Robotnik's face. And when Sonic steps onto the station, he is confronted by Mecha Sonic, which is a robot Sonic that is designed to be as good as Sonic. Sonic destroys Mecha Sonic and fights Robotnik, who has taken control of a massive mech that's called the Death Egg Robot. And they fight, uh, a heated battle occurs, and Sonic destroys the Death Egg Robot and disables the Death Egg itself. This is shown or played through at the end of Sonic 2. Now, thanks to the power of the Chaos Emerald, Sonic manages to survive the vacuum of space by becoming Wait. supersonic. Yes. So he survives the vacuum of space because he has the Chaos Emeralds. So if you beat the game <laughs> without collecting the seven Chaos Emeralds, Sonic dies? No, he he still survives, but the canon ending is he collects the Chaos Emeralds. So I'm going to oh, okay. assume... In the lore, not in the game, in the lore, Sonic is surviving because of Super Sonic's ability. Uh, Super Sonic, by the way, is Sonic who's gold now and is invincible and is definitely not a knockoff of Super Saiyans from Dragon Ball Z. Uh, but Super Sonic reunites with Tails and the Death Egg, which is now heavily damaged, drops from the sky and crashes right into the floating island. Robotnik actually escapes the wreckage and gets a signal immediately that there is a giant Chaos Emerald located somewhere on this island itself. Robotnik believes that harnessing this emerald will allow him to fully launch his death egg for a second time. Because if you can't do something once, do it again better. Robotnik is digging around and searching for this massive emerald, which he knows is somewhere on this island. And at one point, he encounters Knuckles. Knuckles is a red echidna, who is a descendant of Tikal, the echidna who sealed Chaos away in the Master Emerald. So that's a fun little uh, connection. Tikal is actually part of the Knuckles clan, which Knuckles takes his name from. Knuckles is the guardian of the Master Emerald, of the floating island. His job is pretty much make sure people don't steal the Emerald. He is warned by Robotnik that there is an evil blue hedgehog on the way and his two-tailed fox partner who are on their way to steal the Emerald. And Knuckles says, not on my watch. And he goes and he preps himself for the arrival of the evil hedgehog and fox. Now sometime later, about like maybe a week or so, Sonic and Tails do eventually arrive at the floating island because they realize there's this massive island that just appeared out of nowhere and it might be worth checking out. So Sonic is still in possession of the seven Chaos Emeralds at this time and he decides to show off a bit and he jumps and becomes supersonic and flies to the island without the need of the tornado so Tails has to catch up. The moment he arrives on the shore, Knuckles bursts from the ground, knocks the seven Chaos Emeralds from Sonic, knocks him out of his supersonic state, takes the emeralds, and runs away. And now Sonic is without the ability to turn super, and learns that Robotnik has begun not only destroying the island, but is also on the quest for those <laughs> the emeralds that he just lost, and the master emerald. Thus begins Sonic 3. Now, eventually... Sonic and Tails collect the seven Chaos Emeralds again and arrive at Robotnik's launch base, a construction yard built into the ancient ruins. Robotnik attempts to launch 
the Death Egg, which I imagine is Death Egg 2, <laughs> while Sonic and him a fight. But the Death Egg crashes again because of the fight between uh, Robotnik and Sonic. I also don't think Robotnik has the Master Emerald at this point, so I think Robotnik is attempting to launch it without it, because he doesn't get the Master Emerald until later. Isn't the Master Emerald in, like, a casino? No, it's in it's in the Hidden Palace, which looks oh, like a casino. Oh, the Hidden Palace zone that looks like a casino. Yes. That's right. It definitely looks like a casino. The Hidden Palace does sound like a name of a casino. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Locals is like, I gotta make that I gotta make that paper. <laughs> So Sonic and Tails make it to a different part of the island and must not only deal with Robotnik attempting to regain the emeralds, but also Knuckles, who is still convinced that Sonic has nefarious intent. After traveling around the island, Sonic and Knuckles confront each other in the hidden palace deep beneath the surface of the island, and they fight each other, but are interrupted when Robotnik breaks into the palace and steals the Master Emerald from its own pedestal. That's when Sonic and Knuckles become buds. They reconcile, and Knuckles admits to his ignorance and the two of them then make their way to the floating sky sanctuary where Sonic is able to board the Death Egg which is beginning to properly launch this time with the Master Emerald. Sonic gets onto the Death Egg and makes makes his way to the central core where he battles Robotnik in a much bigger mech suit this time because if you can't beat him with the same old plan, make the plan bigger and do the same old plan again. That's like Robotnik's mantra. (laughs) The Death Egg is critically damaged, and in a last-ditch effort, Robotnik escapes with the Master Emerald in tow. Sonic chases Robotnik through the debris of the Death Egg and destroys Robotnik's mech suit. The suit explodes, and the Master Emerald drops. Sonic then returns it to the island, which begins to rise back into the sky to properly take its place in the sky because it's a floating island, which reminds me of Nethril, which is a Dungeons and Dragons floating island, but it's not here. I'm sure Sonic. I'm sure Sonic got it from somewhere. And that's that's the lore of the the video games. At least the at least like the 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 base Genesis games, right? So there's definitely more lore to Sonic. In fact, there's a whole sub storyline in Sonic and Knuckles where Knuckles does stuff. Um, so to briefly touch on that and Knuckles' side of the story, it takes place just a probably a few weeks to maybe a few months later. And basically, Robotnik doesn't come back, but a robotic version of Robotnik decides to to attack and eventually does steal the Master Emerald out from knuckles and knuckles has to reclaim it again but it's, it's pretty much like the same story it's just supposed to take place a little bit later <laughs> so that's yeah that's the lore of the sonic games on the genesis there are more sonic games out there there's the sonic games on the dreamcast the sonic games that were released for the wii sonic 06 the sonic games that have come out in the recent years sonic mania sonic 4 which might not be canon anymore we don't know uh so if you're interested in sonic lore let us know and maybe we'll pick this up again some other day in the future where we'll talk about maybe the the dreamcast games and um the lore behind those and we talk about shadow and stuff like that and anyway so that's gonna be our our new lore series let us know if you liked it hated it send in a game if you want a deep dive on the lore with that, we're going to do our byway pass. So, Zach, I've got a game for you. So in this game, Zach, the game is a 2D action roguelike. Wow. Okay. And your employees that work for you in this game have completely gone off the, the rails. And all you want to do is take a vacation. So in order to go on vacation, you need to do your employees' jobs. Okay, what's this game called? It's called Have a Nice Death. It's a 
going to be released March of 2022 and being developed by Magic Design Studios. And the person you play as is Death. We'll cut while Zach does some research on the game. we're back so have a nice death is exactly as such described it's a 2d action roguelike you play as death it's being developed by magic design studios published by perfect world entertainment due out march 2022 i'm going to put it down as a wait i do actually really like this idea so as a little bit of zach lore i actually am really into the trope of death being like overworked and tired of his job and either quitting or going on vacation. I think those type of stories are great. I actually wrote uh, a play and a short film that um, the short film I screened at my my school and the play was actually uh, won a like a playwriting competition back when I was in high school. But they're both are about death quitting. And I, I just like that trope. I think it's a fun trope to explore. And this seems to be exploring that trope. However, the reason I'm putting this down as a weight is because I love roguelikes, but I need to be, and I, this is like the same reason I put down another game recently as a weight. So I feel bad, but I just need to be in the right mood for them. I, I love playing them, but I feel like I'll play them for like 20 minutes and then never come back to them. They can be great games, and this looks like it could be a great game. But for some reason, I I just can't like sink my teeth into roguelikes immediately. So um, I'm gonna put this down as a wait. I'll I'll take a look at it maybe around closer to its release. Uh, maybe I'll I'll change that to a buy. Yeah, have a nice death. I'm going to say wait now, Seth. Are you ready? Yes. In your game, Seth, it's a first-person game. Ooh. And you are demonstrating your skills to solve puzzles. So your job is you must solve problems that people are having using some skills that you've been trained to, to have um, and using a variety of tools that you're, you're being prepared with. And Ooh. you have to utilize these tools properly. If you don't utilize the tools properly, you likely won't be able to complete some of the tasks that you have set forth upon you. Um, and you might not be able to solve some of the issues that the people you're helping um, in this world have. Okay. So what's the name of the game? Electrician Simulator. The first shock. Oh, we're going to take a short break. All right, we're back. So I'm going to put this down as a wait. I mean, ultimately, I think I'm going to pass. There's a lot of these simulator type games uh, that come out. Uh, there's like a Baker simulator, a, a Moonshiner simulator, uh, this electrician simulator. There's like mechanic simulator. There's PC repair simulator. Whatever profession you want to play as, there's probably a simulator to simulate that profession. I think electrician, electrician simulator looks like it's got good bones to it. I kind of want to see how it comes out and whether or not I feel like I want to play a simulator type game. They tend to have very similar game mechanics. Uh, you do kind of like a, a certain order of operations. The gameplay will be like, go to the faceplate, take this off, take this off, you know, make sure that the power is turned off or whatever. 
pull out this, run the wires. So it's a game that sometimes I'm in the mood to play. Most of the time I feel like I'm going to be in the mood to play and then I just never get into that mood. So I'm going to put that down as a wait slash pass. Well, that will do it for our uh, lore episode, our by wait passes, everything like that. If you are interested in um, suggesting something for the lore episode or if you want to let us know how you liked it or if you want to hear more about the sonic comics certainly email us at classicgamingbrothers at gmail.com you can also contact us through our website classicgamingbrothers.com or you can reach out to us via social media on facebook and instagram we are classic gaming brothers on twitter we're cg brothers pod we're also on twitch twitch.tv forward slash classic gaming brothers and lastly if you uh want to recommend us to anyone you can tell them that we're on all of the available podcasting applications out there so uh just let them know that they can look us up classic gaming brothers and we'll be there now seth did i forget anything don't play games like my brother and don't play games like my brother i've been seth and i've been zach and we've been the classic gaming brothers that